0: Hey bitches! Welcome back to Being a Has Never, the podcast about someone trying to navigate the film industry. I'm your podcast host, Juan, and as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, first and foremost, it is the season 3 finale. Another 10 episodes in, you guys, and thank you guys so much for listening in on my journey so far, where I've grown, how much I've grown since this season, since season 2, and just listening in on the decisions and choices and how I felt like growing and trying to reinvent myself. Last episode, I finished off by saying I want to do more makeup. Like, I think this would be something that was really great for me because it's, it's what I know. And trying to get into the union for film and television, you have to choose either hair or makeup. But, you know, as the year was ending and we were starting a new year and working in the salon, I was second guessing that option. With makeup, makeup is way more fucking tedious than I feel like people don't realize. Because with makeup, we first of all have to do the skill set comes in in making sure the makeup is invisible. The lines are perfected. It looks straight. They look camera ready. Although Photoshop, I will say, definitely comes in handy when it comes to (laughs) perfecting the makeup because that's the final look. But a lot of people really want to make sure that they look like the images. Sometimes you can take a long, I mean a long time perfecting someone's face. With hair, it's almost a little bit quicker, or at least in my opinion, it could be because this is kind of where I made that conclusion. So it's no surprise that the salon would sometimes do bridal showers. They would do, you know, a whole bridal party. We would do either like a birthday or a prom. It's no surprise we would eventually do clients for more than one person, right? As a makeup artist, there are only like one, two, I want to say there are like maybe like two to three of us working and everyone else was a hairstylist. The makeup people like me and my boyfriend, and I believe also Brielle at the time, we were fucking busy. Like, I remember this one party came in. It They came in at freaking 6 a.m. in the morning, which I was like, god-awful. But they wanted both hair and makeup done. The hair people... In under like 45 minutes, boom, they were done and they were sitting around while me and my boyfriend were still working on the makeup. Like we were still perfecting liner, foundation matching, eyeshadow, like lip, making sure the the client was happy. Looking at that, I was like, hold the fuck up. We're still fucking struggling and working and you bitches are sitting down. But like, (laughs) it was because they were done with their clients. Like they didn't need to do makeup because they only signed up for hair. And that kind of got me thinking, do I want to continue doing makeup? Because it is tedious and it's sometimes hard and the pressure is on because people just want to look immaculate. They want to look like a doll. They want all the perfections uh, covered up. While with hair, it shouldn't look like a rat's nest. It should, you know, look pretty symmetrical. It should have a movement to it. It should give it more volume. You know, they just, I feel like with hair, especially when it comes to styling, generally clients will say, I want it to be nice. That's almost like a vague interpretation. As an artist, I almost feel like you can get away with what you consider nice. And as long as it's, kind of similar to the inspiration photo and you, you know, inform the client, this is the limitations of your texture, your length and the style. I feel like they're a little bit more kinder and nicer when it comes to the hairstyle as compared to the makeup. And I also was looking at the money aspect. Around this time, I wasn't really doing a whole lot of makeup services. Yes, I was doing like my little YouTube videos with Anya where I was posting how to use Jane Iredell. We were doing some holiday parties or like some special events. I was noticing more on the hair, especially when it came to the extension clients or like helping out with my with Shauna or seeing how my boyfriend was doing like all these color services and was making like more money as compared to doing makeup. And that was where I was kind of thinking also, because keep in mind, you guys, like I said, I was thinking about going to makeup school. I also wanted to start a website. I also potentially wanted to move back to L.A. I also wanted to, you know, pay off student debt. All of these different factors made me kind of think about my worth and like me charging, like how much should I be charging for makeup now? How much should I be charging for both hair and makeup? Like, how much can I charge for hair as compared to doing faces? Like, a lot of all these different things just started to kind of slowly add up, essentially second-guessing my choice to continue with makeup in the film and television area. Technically, that's not really such a bad thing because, like I said, the union makes you choose. And kind of seeing how past projects, like on the independent route, they were looking for both hair And makeup because they didn't want to pay two people to do uh, to work on an actress. They wanted to do one person to do two jobs, which on the non-union side, for some people, that's like taking advantage. But for someone who has done non-union work and started to get a project together, that's just what's in the budget. And it also kind of depends on like, well, what's the look? If it's like concealed, corrected, you know, a little wave just so that they look fresh and ready yeah, that's not going to really take a whole lot of effort. I think the other thing was, was I charging my worth? And I'll be honest, I wasn't charging my worth, which was kind of why I was second guessing, like, am I right for the makeup career? Because with hair, you definitely can learn how to charge your worth just like based on texture, density, you know, how it? do I need to add more hair into it to give you like that voluminous look? There were so many factors that made me think, Maybe I should just focus in on the hair. You know, aside from actually being in the salon, like it just made sense. Like you're on, there's more hair clients coming in than makeup. And I will bring this up again. There were less hair people that were applying for the Facebook gigs. And that's where I felt like I could really, as I say, set myself apart. And I know I probably repeated this like five times, 20 times or whatever on this podcast, but that was my constant reminder. And that is something I feel like a lot of people need to understand when it comes to their marketability. How do you set yourself apart? This industry, you guys, it is so tough to break into. It is so much perseverance. It's so much like, how can you advance your career almost on on an everyday level? And that was, like I said, last episode, that was something that I was trying to break through. It kind of felt like I was reinventing myself once again to focus in on hair instead of makeup. Because I had to sit down with myself and think, is this makeup journey that you're doing really worth it? Like, is it really pushing you? And looking at hair and looking at the money that's coming in, is that something that you could potentially do more of? Because I was really trying to figure out, like, what. What's the right decision? And this is kind of where I was like, oh my God, this is so hard. This is really hard to figure out, you guys. And I was like, fuck. Like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And that's not what I wanted. I didn't want to sit down at home and realize, I don't know what I'm fucking doing. When it's like, no, 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 no. Breathe. Just breathe and relax. And you are going to figure this out. At the end of 2019 and coming into 2020, that's when I decided... I think I should stop with makeup and focus in on hair. Now, did I completely stop it? Not exactly, no. Because like I was still one of the key makeup artists in the salon. So I figured, okay, I'll start taking it. I figured start focusing in on hair. Like really start to practice on the hair. Do some more hair color. Like have your sister come in. Work on your mom. Like have a family member come in and start practicing so you can start feeling more confident when you start applying for those film gigs it was me reinventing myself and revamping my skills as an artist to further my career was not annoying as fuck that like great another time you have to reinvent yourself to make sure you're marketable yeah makeup was just not doing it for me anymore makeup wasn't as exciting it wasn't it wasn't Necessarily pushing me where I want to, but then also I have to sit down and realize well, are you pushing yourself? Like, are you making, are you putting yourself out there as a makeup artist or are you intimidated by the competition? Short story is yes, I am intimidated by the competition. I think another thing about me was that like I get comfortable really easy and I don't change my style too much. I become stagnant. And as an artist, that's not a good thing. At least not when you're early in your career where you don't have a clientele that has the specific look, that has the... It's one thing if you want to do like concealed, corrected, and soft glam, but how many of those clients are coming in? If you want to do more runway or editorial, like how many of those clients are coming in? That was kind of what was limiting myself as as a makeup artist. I wasn't trying to expand past like what I thought was easy. Do y'all remember that like sparkly cobalt blue with the burgundy shade shadow with the red like that very 2016 ombre look even i had a struggle doing that or like the cut crease with the glitter and like the brows and the liner like i didn't really do those a whole lot because i was just doing like the super soft bobby brown eye look with a little topple of glitter Like, that was my comfort zone. But I never really pushed myself out. And there were definitely clients that wanted to see the crazy Instagram looks. My lazy ass was like, no, I'm going to talk you out of that. Or, no, I don't really do that. But I can do this. I can do something similar. I can find things that best suit your eye shape. I found ways to get out of it instead of trying to practice. And I think it was because I didn't want to fail once again because I was working at a salon. Yelp will cut you down and Bust your ego. So I was like, no, fuck that. Fuck all that noise. I am just going to stay comfortable and stagnant. I'll own that. I will definitely own that. So, yeah, I really, really had to look at at myself in the mirror and say, you need to push yourself even more, baby. You got to keep pushing yourself. Otherwise, you won't be where you're at. You'll be at the salon, which isn't going to be such a terrible thing. But it's like you're going to have a sense of FOMO. A sense of like, I could have done this. I could have did that. If I only tried this, if I only did that. With the environment that I was in, that was constantly focusing on hair, it kind of made sense for me to like, try going with the flow. This is a new skill that is never easy to perfect. It's never easy to get right the first time. Or at least for me, it wasn't easy the first time. I had to definitely practice my skill set to really get it going. I decided to really look back and decide makeup was a catalyst. Makeup is what pushed you. Makeup definitely got you very far. But when it comes to playing by the union's rules, you have to find something that keeps you going. And unfortunately, makeup halted. And hair was this brand new opportunity. like I said before, I was getting married into this essentially. So my boyfriend is a salon owner. Obviously, it's like, you're gonna eventually do hair. And maybe you're going to have to stop giving him the sassy attitude because, yes, that's your boyfriend, but still, you have to remember this is also a place of business. Well, actually, that only kind of lasted, like, five minutes, and I said, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, my honey, but, like, you don't tell me what to do no more. At least not publicly. (laughs) I guess what also, it was kind of frustrating, like, like I said, it was just another defeat, and it was like... (sighs) Why can't I get the graphs done? Why does it seem like it's so hard to just get to where I want to? Why does it always seem like there's a new challenge in front of me? I don't know, I mean, I guess it's just like, I hate having a certain expectation and I just want it fast. Like I want my career to take off where I really wanted to and I think that's what it was. And then maybe, yeah, maybe it was just because I was in an area where like film and television wasn't necessarily always around me. The opportunities were just so much more spaced out as compared to being in L.A. And I think that was where it started to click in my head is you're going to have to make that move soon. And, of course, obviously, it's like saving up and, like, get that money together and, like, start being in an area where opportunities are constantly around you so you feel that momentum and that itch once again. This whole season, you guys, kind of reflecting back, I definitely could see my, my shortcomings. I could definitely see, like, you know, where was that drive, that momentum. And all in all, it just kind of fell on me of just being comfortable, being, you know, a kept housewife. Being a kept boyfriend that was like, you know, I have a partner who takes care of us, but I also have a job that was like very cush and it was very easy for me. I was getting used to like having opportunities just fall in my lap, which they did, but they slowed down soon after. And then it was just me beating myself up and getting kind of bored secretly that like, why am I so stagnant? And it's the calls coming from inside the house, boo boo. You're the reason why you're stagnant. With that, you guys, I think that is the accountability that like I just took the time doing this podcast and realizing like that is that's kind of why you're at where you're currently at. And for anyone that's kind of like in my position where you're finally realizing like this is the reason I'm in this position because of my choices and my actions. And that was kind of why I really wanted to start this. And I think just doing this whole season made me kind of realize this. This is kind of where the accountability comes in because I was stagnant in my makeup career for two and a half years and I didn't like that. I really didn't like that. And, you know, I know people are like, well, it takes time to in any industry. It could take 10 plus years. But then it's like, well, are you talking to someone that's active every day? That's like, you know, applying every day? Or are you talking to people that like take breaks for months or Took a break for two years, or like decided to maybe not pursue it right now, or like just started to do other interests. Like, that's the other thing I feel like not a lot of people say is that it takes 10 years to break into this industry, into the film industry, but 10 years of doing what? And that's something I would say with you guys is like, if it takes time to break into the industry, then like, what are you doing? How are you helping yourself further your career? Were you like me in the earlier days where you were applying on LinkedIn, on Mandy, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter? Were you like applying every day? Were you practicing difficult techniques? Were you going to school to help further your career? Or were you just getting comfortable at your day job? Were you sitting around and just watching other people grow? Were you sitting down and making a plan of action? Or were you just fantasizing about it? All those little things. And of course, if you were the one that was just being comfortable and fantasizing, then yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Of course you're not where exactly where you're at because you're not taking the, the necessary steps. You're just imagining that you are. Taking that big giant step with hair, I felt like, yeah, this is probably going to be your best option. So yes, it's another revamp, but looking back at it now, I think stepping more into hair definitely helped out my choice It's definitely helped out a lot because now I'm noticing like, you know, when I'm in the salon, I get more excited when I start to try something new and extensions were definitely like the new thing that really got me excited to like, oh, I want to try this. I want to try this look. Let's play with this style and let me see what we can come up with. Fantasy or reality, y'all. Like I always love to live in fantasy. I always have my head in the clouds, but really it's putting that plan of action. Make sure you're doing what you could to make your plan of action come about. Because otherwise, you could be like me. You know, even though this podcast is 10 episodes, a lot of this stuff was happening throughout the years. Like, not everything was just back to back to back. It kind of, it was very spread out until I took those necessary steps to get that plan of action going. And to share with you guys, you know, all my experience as a makeup artist and all my experience as a hair artist so far. Stagnant? Do something about it. Change that. Maybe even change your perspective, but... Don't get stuck, because then otherwise, things will pass on by. Next thing you know, you wake up one day and you realize, fuck, I really missed out on some time. So don't be like me, you guys. (laughs) Even though we're ending on a somber note, but a more hopeful and reflective note, it's the end of season three. Oh, my God. This, really, you guys, it's been a whole lot to look back And I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to my podcast so far. Listening in to the growth, to the the self-accountability, to seeing, you know, the highs and the lows, the excitement, the itches and the goes, and realizing, baby, you fucked up, but that's okay because now look where you're going to go now. (laughs) Like, don't be afraid to look at yourself and say, I messed up, bitch, but here's something that I'm doing to better myself. Oh my goodness. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Listen in on all the past episodes and all your favorite places to stream. And hit me up too on all your favorite social medias at hey Juan Cruz, And let me know what did you like about season three? What was your favorite episode? What were your favorite moments? Your favorite tidbits? I cannot wait to bring season four with you guys because it's just a little bit more of my journey when it comes to becoming a hairstylist and even our favorite topic which was COVID oh my goodness so look for that soon you guys and with that I hope your day is amazing and thank you for listening to season three take care